It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And I don't think that Dan Orlovsky is a bad guy. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying that some of the things that he was saying ended up being incorrect. And I noticed he also did a lot of, he did a lot of things where he was like, well, there's rumors that I've heard. People have told me, which is so disingenuous. So like if you have it, if you have information and unless somebody has told you, like some people have told me a thing or two about something that's happening in the NFL. I can't say it because somebody told something on the record or whatever like that. And which is fine. But when you're out there and you're like, well, I've heard people say that this quarterback doesn't, doesn't work hard, but I, it's not my opinion. I'm like, then they don't say it. If you don't have knowledge, if you don't have the, the the eyewitness account, or unless somebody is willing to go on the record and say, hey, look, this is the thing that we've seen, then you're probably better off not talking about it. And so I think what we saw over the last day or so is that people going back to be like, hey, and you also said, you know, made a thing about, you know, the Bears not having any weapons and that kind of, you know, that I think that was another one of the things too, where everybody is kind of upset with the narrative. Listen, we got plenty of stuff to talk about. So I don't want to waste too much time because Carmi V is going to be joining us. And Sammy, let's go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. And as always, joining us here is my co-host, our co-host, Carmen V. Carmen Vitale, how are you? Good morning. Or Listen, I'm pulling back the curtain for anybody. How are you, first of all? I'm doing wonderfully. How are you, Adam? I'm doing really well. Letting everybody know, typically the show is live. I, I was going to say that the background, your background gives it away. I was going to say, Again, it gives it away. Like the lighting is not normally like. <laughs> it's 9, it's 9 p.m. on the East Coast. No, we're doing yeah. a, a earlier version, partly because uh, you might have missed me on NFL Network over the last couple of days. I'm still battling an eye injury, which is fine. Oh, no. I'm, I'm going to recover. I don't have a patch on anymore, so that's good. But we also do have a, uh, a a Tuesday night kickoff event for NFL Total Access, and since I'm new to the team, sort of, I got I, I can't miss that. Like yeah. if it's Fantasy Live, I blow that off. I'm like, I'm not going. Never, unless it's David. Listen, out of employers, please. No, listen. I wouldn't go. It's far. I got to drive up to LA on a day that I don't have to. But now, listen. I know that I'm being, I'm being coy. 
But there's a lot of things going on in the NFL. This morning, Mario Edwards got released. Have there been anything that's happened so far that's kind of surprised? And I know that we're kind of running behind a little bit because you'll be like, dude, we saw this eight hours ago. But has there been anything that's kind of stood out to you? I mean, it just happened. It was the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson trade from the Saints to the Eagles. And I just think it's funny because I think that Philadelphia has really very much recognized that Dallas – uh, is is hurting right now, and they kind of they're showing a little bit of weakness. They're vulnerable, and so <laughs> Philly's like, "Bet, let's do this. We're gonna like load up." And they already have a really good roster. I said oh it on another podcast where I was like, "I really think that this might be the Eagles' division at this point." Um, and now you've got reinforcements at safety. That DB group is going to be really, really good in Philly, and they're going to be contending with Cowboys receivers that don't have a lot of experience. You know, so, it's funny. Uh, yeah, that's. That was a huge move, and it's funny you say it's the Eagles' division. So we had to turn in our predictions for the coming season, and my representative for the NFC, Philadelphia Eagles. Like the entire NFC, not just the NFC East. I, You know what's funny is I think, you know, when I was sitting there, because obviously I do a predictions piece in June where we don't have a lot of information. The, The injuries haven't happened. I gave the Bears nine or ten wins, probably ten, knowing me. I'm, I'm now like, did I give them enough? No. But uh, but you look at the NFC, and I'm like, God, the NFC is sort of garbagey. Like, who – like, I I have the Bears making the playoffs. Great adjective, garbagey. But I have the Bears and 49ers both making the playoffs, along with the Rams, the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, don't worry. The Packers and the Eagles – and then I'm like, I don't feel comfortable putting the Cowboys in there anymore with everything that's going on with their offensive line. That's a huge loss for them. Like that oh, is sure. a. It and I don't like, know. I mean, yeah, no. That was. <laughs> everything starts up front. I feel like with the offensive line, and like it's all predicated on if you can if you can hold the pocket for Dak to throw, but then also you need to have someone for him to throw to, which he doesn't have, at least to start the season. We'll see if Michael yeah. Gallup comes back and like. The other thing, too, is like Michael Gallup, he could come back week three or four, but is he going to be the Michael Gallup they need him to be right away? No. Like, he's recovering from a major injury. So, like, it's going to take this Dallas offense. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be different or the opposite of what happened last year where, like, they started really hot and then they, like, fell off. And then maybe it'll happen where they'll, you know, try Ooh. and gel a little bit together. And then later on in the season, it'll they'll come through. But – I mean, if you look at Philly, like they they had the they started off, you know, not well. The offense was not productive. Sirianni changed literally everything, and yeah. then they made the wild card, and then they ran into the Bucks. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't. I have no problem with saying that Philly's going to win the division, and I would bet that they win a playoff game. I don't know if they go all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it it's partly that the Rams. You know, it's so hard for these teams to repeat. You know, it's hard to get back to the Super Bowl. The Patriots were the only team that have been able to do that. I almost don't feel real comfortable with the Rams because they're celebrating. And I, maybe it's in because I'm in Los Angeles and I, I'm closer to it. Their celebration just seemed excessive. Like really went. I don't know how, how that played in Chicago or in Florida. But out here, it seemed excessive. Like Sean McVay was partying, it seemed like, every weekend doing whatever his wedding had this Lombardi trophy. Like there was so many things going on that I feel really, I'm like, and I know that like we saw Tom Brady inebriated allegedly 
getting pulled off a boat, but that was the victory parade. Yeah, it was. The Rams, the, the Rams victory parade went on for four months. I will say I the Bucks got back to work really quickly, and that was kind of the big storyline. Like once they came back in for OTAs that year, um, yeah. it was very like that was the big thing that all of them were saying. Like that was last year. Like we've forgotten about it. Yada yada yada. And like to their credit, um, they I didn't hear any of those stories or see any of those guys. Like Tampa's really small, so like I would see yeah. the guys out if they were out, and I didn't see them out. Essentially, I don't really. They they actually. It's funny when I was went to the Pro Bowl in January um, when I was still with the Buccaneers. I was, you know, I had friends in Vegas. All of us team reporters too were like together, yeah. so we had fun and we were going out. And honestly, like all of the Bucks players didn't really go out. They all had like their families out there. It was like chill. Oh, I think wow. Antoine Winfield Jr. and Devin White like spent most of their time in their hotel room like playing video games. Um, okay. In contrast, though, I when I going out, I saw like multiple other teams out yeah like maybe the entire 49ers starting roster but um it was just funny like to see like all of these guys and like they should they should let loose they should have fun it's not you know whatever like i'm not i don't i think that that's great but it's just funny like the bucks are a really low-key team and they didn't have that after this like you saw that after the championship too they like went right back to work so i don't yeah i haven't seen the, the rams i haven't paid close attention to like what their extracurricular activities have been so it's been mostly it. and, it, and it's been mostly Sean, which is the most hilarious thing. That is funny. I will I will give the 49ers a little bit little bit of a break because they were coming off losing in the yeah. NFC championship game. So they're like, let's just go party. Let's go. And kid and Kittle's with them. So you're like, all right. And yes. this is the last Literally. time we'll be partying with we'll be partying with Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's fair. And although not really, because he's gonna be he's still on the roster. <laughs> Restructure his deal, no trade clause. That was the weirdest thing to me. I was like, why would you build in a no trade clause in that? Like, I would I, think that his value would go up and you could actually get something for him later in the season. Like, what? I was so confused. Let's you know what? The 49ers will be the Bears' first opponent in week one. Will be the, the opponent in week one. I think it's important to talk about because. I want to hit on that for a second because this weekend I was at a sports card convention doing a, a, a feature for NFL plus, which by the way, subscribe and all that stuff. Just so my employers can be like, Hey, rank does plug our product. And by the way, sign up for NFL fantasy. Okay. My, my obligation is done. <laughs> I I'm walking around and trading cards obviously are a lot like the stock market. It's a lot like fantasy. I'm like, who are the hot names? And it was Justin Herbert, and not just because they're in Los Angeles, but they're like, everybody wants Justin Herbert, Herbert cards. And they also want Trey Lance cards. And I'm like, son of a bee. And this was after, uh, this was after, this was a Sunday. So this was after Justin Fields went out there and crushed. So my daughter and I walked around and bought all these Justin Fields cards. I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to get too much hyped up. Like, I don't want to overinflate our guys who are doing well. In, in in training camp and preseason, and I don't want to bury guys who are not doing well, but you cannot watch Trey Lance and be like, this guy's definitely better than Justin Fields. It's crazy. Is that a real, like, I don't know. I just feel like, is that a real argument? Although, to be fair, I mean, this Shan- the Shanahan offense 
is is going to do a lot of favors for Trey Lance. So right. like he's going to make him look really good, and that's something that Shanahan, Mike Shanahan's really really good at. So or Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan. Yeah. Wow, I just went real far back. It's okay. Um, it's still the creator of the offense. Correct. And it's going to make Trey Lance look really good. And I think it's going to hide some of his deficiencies and all of that kind of stuff, because that's what, what you like. It's, it's flexible enough within the scheme to do so. Um, but I don't know that you can at all look at those two quarterbacks in a vacuum and say that Trey Lance, like Justin Fields athletic ability is insane. Like yeah. I'm, Trey, Trey Lance has some of that for sure. And he's, he's good. Like he, he can move around the pocket. He's like, he gets outside all of that kind of stuff. But I just don't see how you can look at those two guys like as objectively as possible outside of their scheme. And is that a real, do people say that? Who will say Trey Lance is going to be better than Justin Fields? Listen, the the sports card community obviously thinks so, even though I was trying to spread the gospel, but I still think that people, you know, when you go and you, 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 you search on Twitter and I think the bears are an easy target where Justin Fields plays well in a preseason game and everybody's like, yeah, whatever. And then I saw a video last night of Trey Lance throwing a deep pass. And I think – I forget which bear, which member of Bears Twitter put it. He's like, is that guy throwing a discus? Like, how does a ball spin that way? And I'm like, that does. That that does look like some dude from SAE out there in the intramural field trying to throw a deep pass. And it just it, – it's baffling to me. And so let me use that as a, as a launch – as a launch pad to ask you, where were you – over the weekend when you saw Justin Fields become the greatest quarterback in the NFL? Uh, I was at a bar in Chicago. So, like, literally the only place I would want to be. Like, a bunch of TVs. Were people paying attention, or was it one of these yeah. things like being in Los Angeles where you had to beg people to put on a game? No, people were – we were on, like, an outdoor patio. There were TVs that lined the whole thing. Every Like, every TV was on the Bears game, and everybody was paying attention. Um, I certainly was. And yeah, I mean, like those first, the first drive was, I was like, oh God, uh, very obvious offensive line. Wasn't great. Like, wasn't, right. I was like, great. all right, Justin's running for his life again. This is like the same of what we've seen. Don't love this. Very discouraged. Um, maybe was a little trigger happy uh, on, <laughs> on Twitter to be like, ah, yeah, but, very concerning, very concerning, but I was quickly like my, my tweets didn't age well because then the, the following three drives were fantastic. And you saw different things from Justin Fields. Like the first one, Ryan Griffin, where you thread the needle, like right yeah. into the, like the end zone. I mean, that was a beautiful pass. And then like, I mean, he's making things happen off the boot on the run. And like, he has that, I dare say Mahomes ability to like cross his body and like he's just because he's out of the pocket doesn't mean that any part of the field isn't available to him anymore. Like he's very, very good at that. And he has the arm strength that's insane and he's very accurate even on the run. So to see that, and then to also see that like, it made me feel better about the whole wide receiver situation because two of those touchdowns went to tight ends. Yeah. And so I'm like, these guys are going to be a big factor in this offense. And I trust them. Like Ryan Griffin had a really good camp. And I mean, I don't really know. <laughs> I was used to another Ryan Griffin in, in Bucksland uh, as one of the backup quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. But, like, Wait a minute. Yeah. Most people probably don't. No, that's crazy. Because I love, uh, and anytime Clay Harbor comes on, I always talk about how much I love O'Shaughnessy and Ryan Griffin. And it all stems from the That Helps No One segment that we do on Fantasy Live. I know these guys are legit. 
So it's crazy. So I was like, wait, what other Ryan? I'm like, did Ryan play? Okay, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. I interrupted. I'm sorry. That's fine. No, I just, I like, that was really encouraging to me. And it made me feel better about the fact that like, he's going to have legitimate receivers that he has chemistry with clearly that aren't actual wideouts. They're tight ends. And then he's going to be able to like David Montgomery and T- Khalil Herbert are very good at catching passes out of the backfield. Like you're going to have options at all levels of the field. And that's exciting. And we can see that Justin is reading all of that and he's getting through his progressions going from like, you know, that middle out type thing. And you're, he's doing really well. And I just, I was very encouraged by those three drives. No, a hundred percent. And it was thankfully for me, it was when my eye was at, at its worst and I couldn't look at a phone screen because I was, you know, I was starting to get upset with that first drive as well, but then obviously it worked out as it did. As somebody who worked for a team, what kind of evaluation goes in to something like that? Because obviously the fans were excited. Everybody's posting pics on clip or videos on, on Twitter and everything like that. We're making fun of the Packer fans. We're like, hey, remember when you guys were posting a video of Jordan Love throwing a ball six yards outside? of the boundary and you're like, look at this great throw. And we have like three dimes from Justin Field, but whatever, that doesn't matter from a team perspective. What are the, co- is that something where the coaches are like, Oh my gosh, we got something or are they more tempered with that kind of performance? Um, I mean, I think they're a little bit more tempered because they know what they know, the capabilities of these guys. Usually like they see it every day in practice. They see it every day in the film room. They see like, they're looking for, reinforcement or for like confirmation is probably the right word that this is all being internalized. And especially when you're switching systems and all this stuff, like we're still seeing a very dumbed down vanilla version of what this bears offense is going to be, because that's how it is in the preseason in general. You're not overloading these guys. You're getting through all of your installs in training camp, but like you're not getting, you're not actually playing all of your installs. So like these game plans are and I, I talk about this too all the time like these game plans are built to evaluate players and they're to evaluate probably the last 12 on the roster more so than anything else they're not actually like you're not game planning for that opponent necessarily so that's why like when they say when people say like preseason doesn't matter like the win-loss record and all that other stuff although I know the Bears are we want we want <laughs> we want the preseason 3-0 to count but it doesn't really just because like you're not actually trying to beat that opponent more than you're trying to evaluate the guys that you have on this roster. And you're trying to evaluate the depth. You already know what you have in your starters most of the time, especially by this yeah. point. Um, and so you're just looking for confirmation that they're getting through the things and they're internalizing the things that you need them to internalize to go into the season with a foundation, because that is just co- confirming you have all the installs ready to go because then once you start game planning for the season and for actual opponents, like you're going to pick out of that playbook, this play and this play and this play, and you're going to curate this game plan every single week. That's going to draw from all of these principles and all of these things that you taught in the preseason. So that's what preseason is just to lay the foundation. And it's purely like really looking inward. It's not like, yeah, the bears are going out trying to beat the Cleveland Browns in their current state because the Cleveland Browns aren't even in their current state. No team. Right. So, yeah. Now, and that's understandable, but I think at the same time, and it was kind of eye opening because number one, you know, the, the starters played that third game. And I understand the preseason's different now than it's been over the last couple of years. Some teams yeah. played five, everybody played four. Now it's three. And with an extra bye week, it kind of it would have seemed off putting if Justin Fields and the first team offense didn't get an opportunity to go out there. So, right, number one, 
with Matt Eberflus, I applaud him for taking advantage of the situation and going out there and doing it. But it is also one of those things too. It's like, okay, we can finally, we can finally see it. Like we're, we're seeing tangible evidence, even though we see it in practice all the time and it might not miles Garrett might not be playing, but still like there there's NFL players out there. Yeah. And there's NFL players trying to make a roster out there and they went out there and executed and looked pretty good. And now when you're, when you're, evaluation is like well of course anybody can throw it to wide open people you're like okay first of all you missed you missed the throw to the family guy ryan griffin right and then it's like i'm sorry that we're scheming our players open is that not like we tried the matt Nagy. we tried the matt Nagy not letting our guys get open version of this offense and it didn't work so i think that's i don't know it might again i don't want to get too excited i it happened to me during the baseball season when the angels got out to a hot start but you got to look at that and be like, yeah, this is impressive. I'm I'm not necessarily going after Lewis Riddick and Dan, although I did mention Dan off the top, but I, I'm not victory lapping yet, but you can still be like, yeah, we're looking pretty good. Like we're look good. They're looking good. They're, they look like they have a firm grasp on the system. And then also, I mean, getting your starters work in the last preseason game, especially like with that built-in bye week, like you don't want them going into the season, not having played football in two to three weeks. Like, yes, you don't want that. So like you want to get them some, but again, it's just it's confirmation of the concepts that you have installed that's part of your system. And you're seeing like you saw all of the things out of Justin Fields that you needed to. He can get through his progressions. He can go off script. He can get outside the pocket and throw across his body. Like you saw all of those things that you needed to see. And that is allowed to be encouraging. No matter if he's going against second team defenders or whoever, it's still in a game action. And it's still, you know, like in a game, it's as close to a game simulation as you can get from the regular season. Absolutely. And it's funny too, because on Instagram the other day, I was like, hey, listen, listen the Bears are going to be competitive this year. They, they are. And people are being dismissive. Like, oh, be competitive. I'm like, I'm sorry. You all have been telling me through the entirety of the offseason that this was going to be the worst team in the NFL. There was nothing about it that, that looks like this is the worst team in the NFL. And if you want to sit there and be like, oh, the Lions went Florida when they, and they went under. I'm like, you know what? None of that matters. Because as you said, those second halves get squirrely. Like that's where the, 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 the thing, the, the, everything comes apart. Like you have these guys who aren't going to be on the roster. Things happen. Like it's the way it goes. And it's like that. What, why it's insane to bet on preseason games. So it's just like, I don't know. I I, it, it feels like everybody wants to damper our enthusiasm. But by the way, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, comment sick. If you're listening on audio, please leave a five-star rating and write stick. Sick or stick. It's stick, but sick's probably better. And by the way, the Draft Network, Daily Pod, don't be afraid to listen to that download as well. And by the way, if you're in the Chicagoland area, AM 1530 WCKG is the Chicago home of the sick podcast that's right every friday 2 p.m central the sick podcast is on followed immediately by owen Cruz and jason mckee the no-name pod it is a cover to a bears coverage like no other so make sure you have it tuned to wckg fridays starting at 2 p.m central i do love the fact that and again going back to the point of being in a bar not having to fight people to put on a bears game like it is so Los Angeles gets a bad rap for a number of reasons and putting games on TV. That is, that is a legitimate gripe. Like there is no team 
outside of the Lakers during the Kobe, I mean, probably during Showtime as well. But during the Kobe era, every TV had every Lakers game on. People locked in, watching it. No other team out here causes that. No other team. And people will be like, what about the Dodgers? Nope, not no. even close. Not even, no. The Rams, no. no. The Rams are less are less, less popular than the Raiders. That's a true thing. But in any event, we're not here to bash the Rams anymore. I think I've done a good job of that. <laughs> I want to talk about the offensive line, though. Yeah, Because you sure. talk, you, you touched on this briefly. The it looked that first series did not look great. Three and out. We're like, okay, cool. Uh, but listen, again, we're recording this on Tuesday morning. So if if Tevin Jenkins is somehow traded and we look like idiots, I apologize. And I might make Sammy go and cut this part out. Tevin <laughs> Jenkins, it feels like, and I think that you might have said this on Twitter, where you're like, hey, the Bears went out, found a way to get their most talented lineman on the field. What do you think? Do you and and I know Ian Rappaport came out and said that there's a possibility the Bears are trying to trade him. What do you think? What do you make of the Tevin Jenkins situation right now? Yeah, I mean, I think that you kind of have found a home for him on and that he's done well. Like every outing we've seen of him at that right guard spot has been encouraging. And it seems like he could really he could slot in there. And I mean, that's the starting five, what we saw in that last game looks pretty solidified and yet you still have the veterans that you brought in this preseason in Riley Reef and Michael Schofield not even on the field so you have that depth and you have the guard depth and especially um I with with Schofield so like I think that they'll be fine either way but I think that like if you think that Tevin Jenkins is a good guard in this league and should be guard like there is no reason to let go of him And if he can develop in that spot and stay in that spot, um, I mean, would he benefit from a change of scenery? I don't know. Maybe. But, like, he kind of already got it with the new coaching staff coming in and stuff like that. So, like, they're trying to figure out what to do with him. He's got a very O-line friendly front office um, Mm -hmm. that's going to do the best they can and, and going to figure out the best starting five for this roster and I think that we've seen it this last like week and a half to two weeks has been kind of the same guys, which I mean, I was even a little surprised by because I really did think that Riley Reef was going to end up. He's a natural left tackle and I get that he's aging and maybe like you don't want to put that up. But like usually I would put a veteran guy at left tackle as I let like the rookie come along. But Braxton Jones has really held his own, too, on that side. And granted, you have the benefit of Cody Whitehair right there, too. And mm-hmm. so it's like I, I like I was just encouraged by all of that essentially because now you you're you're talking not only do you have your starting five but you probably have some depth and Tevin Jenkins is part of that so I I would keep him I would keep him I would too who am I <laughs> I know we again we could end up this could end up blowing up in our face yeah this is right we could end up end up looking foolish one of the takeaways that I have from that too is that sometimes. You know, even though these guys project at right tackle or whatever, I remember uh, I'm old enough to remember when Larry Allen first started out in the NFL. Now he came from small Sonoma State. The Cowboys had Eric Williams at right tackle. Was it right or left tackle? I think it was right tackle. And then they put Larry Allen at guard, and then he eventually kicked out to the tackle. And then he ended up having a Hall of Fame career. So I look at this as a great way to get this guy on the field whether he projects over the entirety of his career at guard or eventually kicks out the tackle. I think, listen, having good interior alignment is always going to help. And if this guy can play and it looks like he can, he's been a mauler too. Like he's a, 
he's a mean person when he's on the field. Like we look at him and we're like, gosh, like he will maul people. He does look like the most talented guy. So I'm like, I love having him out there. And I hope that, you know, I've, I've taken a liking to him ever since he was drafted by the team. So I really hope that he works out and I hope he sticks. And I hope it's just something that, you know, a lot of times not to, you know, put Ian or anybody under the, under pressure or whatever, but sometimes like agents want something out there or, you know, people use these reporters as a way to like test the waters. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps the bears are trying to get a first round pick from the Cowboys, something like that. We don't know. Hopefully though, because we're selfish and we want good linemen on this team because it feels like, I mean, again, looking at the two guys, as you said, Schofield and reef, like we don't even need you, but your backups. And you think about all the injuries that we've had over the years. You're like, well, it's going to be nice that if something happens and something inevitably will, we saw it with right. Lucas Patrick this, this off season, like some, they're going to have to play. And when your option is Michael Schofield or it's Riley reef, you're like, well, I feel a lot better than going out and, and trying to coerce a 40 year old guy to come off the, the streets to play a very valuable position. And so let me ask you, Braxton Jones, it's been, it, it feels like we were always like going through like, okay, well, they're just trying Braxton Jones up, but ultimately right. he's not like, I think it's time that we have to take him seriously. Yes. I, I, that was exactly kind of like the realization I had in this last game where I was like, oh, oh, this is a thing. Like we're not going to end <laughs> up slotting Riley Reef in at left tackle. Like, Braxton Jones is going to be the starting left tackle for this Bears team. And again, I think it's helped by like you have and like Lucas Patrick too coming back is going to further solidify um, the line. And I think it's going to make everything, you know, from the center out a lot easier on people. Um, but I do think that Braxton Jones, like, I mean, it's it's tough for me to be like, OK, we're going to slot in what a fifth round rookie to yeah. be the blindside protector of someone like Justin Fields, who is still developing, who still might hold the ball a little bit longer than he should, like all of yeah. that kind of stuff. You're going to trust a guy that, you know, is it, it doesn't have the NFL experience yet, but they clearly have seen enough from him. And that's probably why I was so hesitant to be like, they're not actually like, they're just, he's going to be this the backup a, left tackle, right? Like, right, right. they're going to like, they're going to put Riley Reef in there. That's his natural position. Like, you know, you're going to, you're going to do that. And then, I mean, I even went through that even with Larry Borum where I was like, oh, okay, maybe they put Riley Reef at right tackle. Although I, like I said, I've, I've gone through that where I think that he should be at left. Right. But, um, no, I mean, yes, left. I was agreeing. I yes, said right. I get it. Correct. Right. Correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, now with this game, I was like, oh gosh, okay, this is this is happening, and they have enough faith in him. And if they do, then that's awesome. I just hope it's not like this is the cynic in me. I hope it's not, hey, we drafted this guy, so we want to be right, so we're gonna force it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I hope that that's not factoring into this, and it inevitably I feel like kind of does with anyone um, because right. you know you don't you, you don't get into those jobs thinking that like you're not the best evaluator that, you know, you like that you could be, or like that you're, you're better than the last regime. Like you're like, we were brought in for a reason. My evaluation is better. You have to have that kind of ego if you're going to be in these positions of general manager, head coach, all that kind of stuff. So like, I just want to make sure that this is truly the best player and the best situation because there's so much at stake with Justin. Um, but that being said, I mean, I'm rooting for Braxton Jones. Like, I think that he could turn into a really, I think that people thought that he was underdrafted 
And I think that he could turn into a really good left tackle. I just don't know if he's totally ready. But then again, I guess you have Riley Reef waiting there in case stuff goes bad, badly. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I know this from a comedian standpoint that it's always – it's always refreshing to know that there's somebody there waiting for you if you if you bomb. So maybe that'll be helpful to yeah. Braxton Jones. Like, hey, if this doesn't work out, at least here comes Riley Reed and he'll step in yeah. and it'll be fine. I, you know what? There's something about this this regime, and maybe they've pulled the wool over my eyes this early in the process, but they just don't seem like I don't know. They don't seem like they would do something just to do something. I think they're pretty committed to their plan. Everything that they've talked about has actually just sort of worked out. Like you're like, okay, like we're not, we're not signing a, a high priced free agent wide receiver. You're like, yeah, okay. And then like, they never did. And you're like, okay. And then they right. went out there and they're like, Hey, don't think that we're just going to draft a wide receiver with our first two picks in the second round. And they didn't, and they've been pretty upfront and they've been pretty honest and they've been pretty deliberate. And I think that if you draft a player that you think can go out there and, and play well, at the NFL level. And I think this team's very confident. The one thing that I really grasped too, is that these coaches are very confident in what they're doing and what they're putting out there. And if you have a player that perhaps is not, you know, an all pro, so to speak, they've brought in coaches that have done a really nice job of working with people who are quote unquote, no name players who end up being, pretty good. Like if you look at the defensive side of the football, Alan Williams and Matt Eberflus come from the Indianapolis Colts. Now Shaq Leonard, of course, is a fabulous player. He was still a second round pick. He wasn't, not not everybody was sold on him immediately coming into the league. Kenny Moore came over from the Patriots. They made that a great team, a great defense. Offensively, Luke Getze comes from the Green Bay Packers. Now obviously Aaron Rodgers plays into a lot of that, but they also you know, they they do well with guys like that just random guys, like random mm-hmm. wide receivers. And they talk about our receiver room and everything like that. And but I think that our coaches and watching Justin Fields, what have you thought? Like I, I feel like there's a budding, there's a there's a there's a buddy cop romance going on between Justin Fields and Luke Getz. It's cute almost. Like it's it's and it's refreshing. Like how I've enjoyed watching those two, right? I think so too. And I think that yeah, that's evident in just the way that like Luke Getze trusts Justin Fields to take on that leadership role. And Justin's really ran with it. You heard that from all of his teammates that like, he's a really good leader. And, but then at the same time, I think he probably appreciates the fact that like, A, Luke Getze seems to have all the confidence in the world in Justin and B Mm. is setting him up for success with his system. Like he is not just coming in here saying, this is how it's going to be. This is what I run, yada, yada, yada. He's saying, no, this is what you do. Well, I have full confidence in you to do it. Here's what we're going to do to make sure that we're taking advantage of that and that you're going to be set up. And I mean, what quarterback doesn't want that out of his offensive coordinator? Like that's the dream team right there. And I think it also speaks to the fact though, and I've said this even going so far back as like the Jaquan Brisker signing um, both Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker for that matter, like this coaching staff and this front office staff just seem to be on the same page about everything. Yeah. And it's interesting too. I think like when you bring up the receivers that they didn't go out and sign a high priced receiver and they didn't draft one right away and all that kind of stuff. It's probably because listen, they're talking to the coaching staff and they're being like, all right, what are you going to do? What are you going to run? And like from everything we've seen in preseason and where I think that the bears excel again, u- utilizing all those tight ends and stuff, like you're going to excel in like that 12 personnel set and yeah. that 21 personnel set. And guess what? You don't need a world beater receiver in those kinds of 
those, those kinds of sets that to utilize that kind of personnel. Um, you already had that personnel on the roster between these running backs and tight ends. And so just like when you start trying to like put things two and two together, like you can see that like this, these two staffs, like the personnel side and the coaching side have just been so in sync with each other. And it's a testament to, yeah, like bringing them together. And I just think that that's, that's so encouraging because that is how these teams do well. And that's how you build a foundation. And yes, it might not pay dividends right away, but if they're on the same page and it's trickling all the way down to the players, like that's, that's an ideal scenario. And that's not something we've really been used to in Chicago. No, and it's been amazing. And it, and the, the best part about it too, is that it's a system that's been coming in. I was talking to Brian, no, Sean O'Hara during uh, one of our production meetings for total access over the weekend. And we were talking about it and he's like, yeah, you know, and like coaches come in and you know, you deal, you, you hope that, you know, like, and this is, I always love when people are like, well, what if, what if the bears do so well that gets, he leaves like that kind of like he becomes a head coach. Cause a lot of people think very fondly of him and think like that's a potential NFL head coach. And they said, well, first of all, that's a great problem to have. I go, but when you look at like Jay Cutler, like they, he went through so many different offenses like the Mike March thing was completely different than anything that he had been running. This Bears organization has been very deliberate that they went out there and they found the best possible offensive coordinator who coaches from the Mike Shanahan coaching system for that very reason, that if something does happen, like not heaven forbid, but like God willing, this team is so successful that Luke Getzey eventually gets a head coaching job where you're going to go and find somebody from the Mike Shanahan coaching system to plug in there. Now he might not be as good or whatever, but the system's not going to change. I think that what the bears did, which goes overlooked is that they put in a system. It's not the coach quarterback relationships. Amazing. And we love that, but they also installed a system that's going to be standing here. As long as Eber is the coach that we think he's going to be, we're going to be able to plug guys in. Alan Williams gets a job. Fine. We're going to find another guy like the systems. And I think that's like kind of an underrated thing about this team so far. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that rings true. And it, like, the, I think the silver lining to maybe the Bears not being super great this year is that like, I mean, it's certainly possible still when you have right. when you like when you don't go to the playoffs and you see how Getzy's like turned this team around that he could end up getting a head coaching job, but like it does keep him out of the spotlight a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. No, no, no. So, like, you it. might stick around for a couple of years and then, you know, in a couple of years, you're going to see this Bears team be really good and it's going to be based on this foundation. And that's when it kind of clicks with people like, oh, Luke Etsy was very instrumental in that. Um, and again, I just like this shift in general to these coaches that uh, tailor their systems to their personnel also yeah. like and, and like have overarching systems that that do all these con- that have their core concepts, but then are flexible like that is the way that the NFL is trending with coaching. And I love it because I mean, that's what you have to do to be successful. Like it has to be a give and take. You can't just force guys into your system. I mean, I got to see that in Tampa with Todd Bowles on defense, especially like he switched yeah. the team from a four, three to a three, four, but he did it at a gradual pace and he has a hybrid system. I mean, like it's really a five, two, but they uh, like the way that he did it was gradual based on his personnel. And he tailored it using the core concepts that he has instilled in every system. But he like, I mean, his binder was this big every off season of like right. things that he was changing. 
So I think that like seeing that out of these younger coaches is awesome. And I'm really glad because it's going to really set these players up and it's going to provide, like you said, a good foundation for it is. years to come. No. And I agree with that. And it was always funny too, because we were, and it's, that's, that's again, going back to what happened on, on Saturday. It's like, that's why it was so great to see Justin play so well, because even when Matt Nagy was like, we never saw it in preseason. We never saw a, a game. I can't remember one where Mitch Trubisky was up there. He was, cause they never let him play. And where he was schemed up so well, you're like, oh, I feel great about the regular season. You always waited for week one. Now we've gotten the preview. We saw the trailer. We saw the trailer, and now we're ready to go see the movie. And so mm-hmm. that is one of the things that's the most exciting for me. So I love everything that's been going on with this coaching staff and this organization. And you, you, you talked about the receivers and how much 12 personnel, 21 personnel is going to be. Kari Blazengame, friend of the show. He figures to be a huge part of this offense as well. But I do want to ask, because I know that if we are taking questions, and again, I apologize for anybody who's watching. This was taped earlier today. I have commitments with the NFL Network, so unfortunately we could not do a live version of the show. I know that you all have a lot of questions. I know 90% of those questions would be, are we going to sign Josh Gordon? So why don't we just go ahead and talk about that right now? Josh <laughs> Gordon was obviously released by the Kansas City Chief. Chiefs, I don't want to make any sort of commentary about anything that's happened throughout his career. I just want to talk about him as a football player in 2022. Do you think, and again, this is something that could blow up in our face. I doubt he would be signed today. But would the Bears be in on, or at least take a look at Josh Gordon? I mean, I think that you do your due diligence on everyone. But I feel like, especially at the stage that Josh Gordon is at in his career, a lot of his value is even more intangible and it's of, you know, leading and being kind of like that mentor to all these guys, given how long he's been in the league now. And you're not like the bears are looking for, if anything, like that true X, like we know Darnell Mooney can do it, but like you want a guy that's going to come in that can be that true X and, and maybe like that takes some of the pressure off of Mooney and then it bumps everyone down a little bit. And then you feel really, really good about this receiving core. Yeah. Josh Gordon is just not that guy. Like he's, he's, I don't think he is at this point in his career. I think that he would add intangible value, but like, that's not what you need at this point. You, you need someone that's going to like, if you were going to go out and trade for like a high price receiver at this point, which I don't think you do again, because you're in a developmental year. um, It just doesn't make a lot of sense for me. Unless the Vikings want to give up Justin Jefferson. I've been on that. We'll make that deal. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Very, that's, very oh, that's the one. I'm, that's the one I'm looking forward to happening. Is that is that the Vikings realize like, oh, we can't pay Justin Jefferson and have to trade him. Trade him like Devontae Adams. Get him out of here. I you know, um, the Bears cap space next year just comes in handy. I'll be like, hey, listen, I know that we're rivals, but listen, you can give us a little bit of a break here. Mm-hmm. But I'm a, I'm with you. There's there's I I know I listen. I'm a Josh Gordon fan. I just know, especially from fantasy, every time that he signs with a new team, he's like, am I going to pick him up? It's like that season that he had was 2012. That is a long time ago. Even if he was at his peak, putting up Calvin Johnson type numbers through the entirety of that, like it was, it's difficult to go out there. Now we did, if you did, you know, you've obviously seen some of the things for uh, like Twitter keeps posting the videos of like Josh Gordon wide open, them not throwing it to him. Like that's fine, but it's like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what uh, outside of like, exactly what you said. The intangibles. I do think that he, like, you know, the, again, I think that uh, he's a veteran player who's seen some stuff. 
for lack of a better Sammy. Don't get up. Time. I almost said it, Sammy, but he's seen some stuff during his career. I don't know where they're Preston. Preston Wilson was another guy who was released. We're like, God, that's interesting. But I don't know. I kind of like the group that we got going on right now. I feel, I feel comfortable with it. I said something to RG three on Twitter. I don't know if people caught this, but uh, RG three has always been very complimentary for Justin Fields. And he's been, and we had a little Twitter exchange that I was, I should have sent this to Sammy, but uh, I was, RG three said something, you know, nice. And they said, yeah, I go, um, you know, definitely something to be excited about, you know, whatever. Then RG three responded and I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, definitely a work in progress. I go next year. I look, cause he was like, Oh, you know, they could probably use another weapon or two, which is true. And the way I worded it in my response was like, yeah, I hope uh, next season, you know, as they continue to improve, they go out and add an additional, an additional elite receiver to go along with Darnell Mooney. Yeah. Just snuck that in there. So I think that that's what we're looking for. And guys like Josh Gordon and Preston Wilson, to me, just don't really fit that bill. Is there? Have you seen anybody uh, during the cut day that you're like, oh my gosh, they should take a look at him? No, because I think that there isn't going to be someone. Like, if a team is willing to part with them on cut day, then that person is not the person that the Bears need. They, the, yeah. the Bears already have that person um, and already have that player. So I like, I literally think that it's, and again, like when you're tailoring the system and you're incorporating all kinds of receivers in different personnel sets and you're doing, especially like the creative stuff that we've seen as far as, you know, RPOs, play action, all of the boots and all that kind of stuff where you're moving Justin around, you're kind of, you're moving guys around, you have different options available at different levels of the, of the field. Like you don't need anything else other than that true X that's going to draw people away from Darnell Mooney, from Byron Pringle, from that, like that is what you need. And if you're not going to go, and I don't necessarily think you even need it this year. Like I said, I think that like, once you get a little bit closer to contention next year, probably yeah, go out and trade for that splash guy. And this team is going to all of a sudden just kind of like fit together and it's going to, it will be awesome, but I just don't see that happening this year. I don't think there's a need for that to happen this year. And there's yeah. definitely not any of these guys in this cut pool that um, can fit that bill essentially. Yeah. It's like, if you are planning, like I like Volkswagen is coming out with an electronic version of their bus, the VW bus, the old school VW bus is obviously modernized. I'm planning on buying one, but I'm, I'm I haven't bought the window tinning yet. Cause we're not there. It's just, it would be ridiculous if I put a down payment on window tinting for a van. I'm not going to have for at least a year or two. So that's the I way. I was wondering where that analogy was going, but good, good job bringing it home. You know what? Yeah. See what I mean? Like that's, you don't, you don't, you don't go for the accessories until you have the actual product this year. I think it's going to be about running the football. I thought David Montgomery, you know, we love Khalil Herbert and yeah. I, I think Khalil Herbert is a great player or a good player. But I, I listen, my guy, David Montgomery is a different, different human being. And just seeing him out there, you're like, oh, that, this, this is night and day. This is one of the things I actually thought that Matt Nagy did okay with was that when Khalil Herbert had a couple of nice plays, a couple of nice games, when Montgomery came back, there was no timeshare. There was no like, oh, they're going to split because he played so well. I was like, oh, no, David Montgomery is our best player. Now, did Matt Nagy take advantage of it? No, but he at least had the wherewithal to know who the best running back was. So I got to give him credit. I don't want to. I don't want to keep dragging Matt Nagy. I don't think no, that. I, it, I. You know what? It, here's the thing. As I close the book on Matt Nagy, 
is that his next coaching gig, which he will get, is uh, to hire an offensive coordinator. Like, you're good. Like, you're a good, personable guy. Like, you seem fun. Yeah, it's overwhelming to be a head coach. And I think that you could have benefited by having – if you would have hired, like, a, and, and also, I mean, you had Vic Bangio, but if you had had a Vic Bangio-type person on the offensive side of the football, that probably would have helped out an awful lot. But listen, we're, we're here where we are right now, and I think things are going in a good direction. Love David Montgomery. Love the, the tight end. So we talked enough about the offense. I do want to say this, and I don't think this gets brought up enough. Now, again, for NFL Network, I went out there, had to put it in my predictions. Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. I have the Bears making the playoffs. We had to pick defensive rookie of the year. So, of course, I put Jaquan Brisker because sure. I'm going to. i got to be honest with you. What I've been seeing out of Kyler Gordon, I think has gone kind of under the radar. He has looked fantastic. He is not. Yeah, nationally. Absolutely. He has looked fantastic. Are you, have you been impressed with Kyler Gordon? Yeah. And I mean, I think I talked about it before too. Like the shift to the nickel spot for Kyler Gordon, like I, that can't go under the radar. Like that is so hard to do, especially when you're being brought in, you're supposed to ease in on the outside, which it sounds a little counterintuitive because you can't be left on an island on the outside. But the nickel spot is so much more – you have to react so much quicker. You have to process things so much faster. You have to process more things in general um, mm-hmm. because you're not on that island. You have to know exactly what everyone behind you, around you, the entire defense is doing when you're in that nickel spot. It's super physical because you're covering those underneath routes. You're going, you're going after tight ends sometimes. You're going after all these like these bigger receivers or the even like the slot receivers too. Um, it's just it's such a it, like for them to bring him on as a rookie and be like, all right, we're going to put you on the outside, but then all of a sudden recognize like, no, he's ready for this. Like yeah. that speaks volumes to who this kid is, and it's so unbelievably encouraging, especially when like you didn't necessarily have a guy that you were comfortable slotting in at that nickel spot. And the fact that he won that job outright so quickly is awesome. And it gives you so much more flexibility on the outside and just in general, like with your DBs. And that's kind of like, I mean, Matt Eberflus kind of came from, he, he coached linebackers, he coached defensive backs. Like he has like those back couple of levels of experience in becoming a defensive coordinator and then eventually head coach, but his systems are built around that back level and so it's going to be very like I just I'm between that and then you have Jaquan Brisker who is allowing Eddie Jackson to play freer and that safety role like it's just all pieced together really well on that back end and I think that Kyler Gordon was a huge part in that just given the fact that they can now trust him at that nickel spot which opens up things for guys on the outside and that's the position Kenny Moore played for the Indianapolis Colts which shows you the importance uh in this Matt Eberflus offense so we'd love to see that so I I feel bad that I have not been giving enough credit and deference and respect Gordon. to Kyler Gordon. Although my daughter was walking around that card show this weekend wearing a Jay Cutler jersey, and people had asked me, you know, she's got long hair. They're like, "Oh, is that a is that a Cutler jersey?" I'm like, "No, it's Kyler Gordon." Just to see. So it's like, "Really?" I'm like, "No, it's a Cutler no. jersey." But like, I like I couldn't have gotten one that quickly. I did promise to purchase a Jaquan Brisker one for the kids. I'll probably get a six and a nine. Like whatever, you know. Let these kids. One kid gets the brisker, one kid gets the Kyler Gordon. <laughs> but love seeing what we what we've got. Now I did want to I know again, you know, I'm sure actually again, I, I'm sure that all the questions today would have been about Josh Gordon, and we put that to bed. The 49er game. 
Now, again, I don't know what the odds mean or anything like that. I'm not a handicapper. If I'm not mistaken, I was looking because I'm doing game. We had to do, we had to turn in our game picks for the coming week. Like they're like, Hey, you got to get these in early. Cause you know, they do big views or anything like that. So I was looking and I'm trying, maybe I closed the page out. Cause I got, cause I got like, um, got scared of having, uh, having a gambling website up. Um, even though we do reads for gambling companies at the NFL network, want to make sure if I'm not mistaken, like the 49ers are like huge favorites. Six and a half points. In this, I saw it. I saw it at seven. Like what is like, and you're looking and I see the other lines, like the Falcons, saints and some of these other teams, uh, Denver, Seattle. I think that the bears might have the biggest line. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Because a lot of times these lines are there to entice people to bet. And you would figure like Chicago fans would bet that line down, whatever that means. I don't know what any of that means. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that even now, after what's happened with what we've seen, how are the Bears still this 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 overlooked? I mean, it's more honestly, I'm like, is this is this more the Bears going overlooked, or is this more like I don't know, overinflation of the confidence people have in Trey Lance and the 49ers because they're not that far, like they're, you know, a playoff team and they, you know, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that because I just don't know what people have more confidence in that the bears are bad or that the 49ers are going to be good. And I don't think like, I mean, both of those are ludicrous. Like I don't, I don't like either of those things. Let's be clear. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you bet on a rookie quarterback on the road, yeah. Coming in, not rookie. He's not a rookie, but like Wait a first year, year guy. Yeah, first year quarterback. Um, coming in on the road against again a team like where the biggest question marks about the Bears is not on defense, like yeah. it's on offense. So like you're gonna have this these first year quarterback going against a pretty decent defense. We just talked about how good their secondary is, and yeah, I don't. And like it's not like Trey Lance is known for his accuracy. So, yeah. like, I feel like there's going to be, and the way that Maddie, but I guess, like, betting lines are probably not that nuanced, and, like, no one's really taking that into account, I suppose. Um, yeah. On a national level. But, like, the fact that Eberflus's defense is, like, they, they place an emphasis on swarming to the ball, making plays on the ball, emphasizing turnovers, and now you've got a guy coming in that could potentially be kind of turnover prone. And yeah. it's his first start as, like, the, you know, the new guy. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Trey Lance. And Oh, there's so much. Like there are so many people who just assume that he's going to be this quarterback that rocks the world, but you don't give Jimmy Garoppolo a no trade clause unless you're concerned about your quarterback. And the 49ers are coming off an N NFC championship game appearance. They were very close to making it to the Super Bowl as well. I think that people kind of forget that in the, in the whole swell of trying to get Trey Lance installed as the starting quarterback for that team. But still, we saw what Eberflus was able to do against that team when he was the defensive coordinator for the Colts last year. We saw the Bears play them pretty well with a lack of an offensive system last season. To me, it's just like one of those things. I get caught up in it, too, because, you know, from being in the fantasy sp space, everybody loves Trey Lance. They're like, oh, we got to draft Trey Lance. We got to do this. And I'm like, why? I, and I know I get dismissed because, you know, who's Bears fans? But I'm like, why, why are you favoring Trey Lance? over J 
Justin Fields. And I know a lot of it, I know a lot of it's Kyle Shanahan. Like, well, Kyle Shanahan comes in. I'm like, when Kyle Shanahan takes over and somebody like Nick Mullins plays or uh, whoever the Iowa kid was, Beathard, CJ Beathard, those guys will come in and they'll play great for a game or two. And then they kind of scheme, they scheme around their weaknesses of why these guys weren't, you know, highly regarded quarterbacks. People catch up to it. It gets exposed a little bit. And then you you have to be a good quarterback. I could see the situation where that works for Kyle Shanahan with Trey Lance for a couple of weeks before teams are like, well, we don't, we don't need to we don't need to worry about him throwing deep or do this or do that. Right. Like we're just going to go all in on this. So, and I think the Bears already have a finger, like already have a pulse on that because of Eberflus. So I don't know. We'll have a bigger we'll have a bigger breakdown of this game coming up next week. But just trying to get everybody prepared because I'm sure people would be asking, like, what about next week? Like, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But listen, Carmen, I want to thank you uh, for indulging me mm-hmm. and uh, showing up here early uh, this morning. I do want to let everybody know Thursday we'll have Alyssa Barbieri of the USA Today, the Bears Network. She's awesome. She's going to be joining us. And, of course, our Fantasy Island feature will continue. We're going to have Sammy Pravidi uh, of the Action Network. Uh, she'll be joining us to give you uh, some last-minute tips for your fantasy drafts, some unheard-of player. We'll, we'll get an outsider's perspective. So it's not just us. We'll see where she lands on Justin Fields versus Trey Lance. And so maybe we're wrong, Carmen. I don't know. I don't think that we are, but maybe we're wrong. But I appreciate you being here. And again, everybody subscribe. Like and subscribe the Draft Network Daily Pod. Carmen does a great job there. So we appreciate you. So thanks so much. Enjoy it. So enjoy your free Tuesday. I don't know what you're going to do. The weather looks great. Are the Cubs in town? Are the White Sox in town? Oh, that's a great question. I should see. But I actually have my fantasy draft tomorrow. So if you get some texts tomorrow night, it's going to be because I don't know what I'm doing. I got you. I got you. You know, I got a I got a cheat sheet to send you. So I'll send that over right now. Perfect. Don't tell anybody in my fantasy leagues. You know what's funny is uh one of my friends and one of my friends I give him my cheat sheet every year, my 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 tears. And then one of his coworkers hit me up. He's like, Hey, can you get this sheet? And I'm like, wait a minute, are you in Greg's draft? He's like, No, I'm not, but then Greg had ended up sending it to him. But I'm very protective of it. I will not share it. I, I will do that. I have my people. And then I'm, I have to be very cautious. So nobody else in that league would, will have any any sort of insight in anything I got going on. But good luck I don't in think your that, you know, my, my guy friends from growing up. So I'm pretty confident. You never know. They, they're they savvy. They might they might be reaching out to me on Twitter. You never know. Might be like, okay, okay, here you go. They book me on Cameo. Like, who knows? A lot of things could happen. But listen, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week when we have an actual game to get ready for. So uh, there you go. Thanks, Carmen. Thanks, Adam. So, so for Carmen, for Carmen, for Carmen, for me, that's going to be it for us this week. Bear down and Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.